Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Just as we were, just in that time, and we've been also just as well, we've been learning a song this week as a part of our Equipus ministry, uh, creative ministry and Psalm 117, it says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol Him, all you peoples. For great is His love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Rachel, that's, that's incredible. And His faithfulness endures. Despite when our faith is low, and we're going to get into this tonight. We're going to unpack it a bit more. But when our faith is low, His faithfulness still endures. And when our faith is low, we don't have to rely on ourselves. We've got a God of unlimited resource and unlimited power. And so no matter what happens in our life, we can always trust and lean on His faithfulness. And so we, we want to see that happen again, right? Yeah, we want to see that happen again because that's an amazing testimony. And I believe that God wants to do that again and again and again in our house. What's happened with Rachel is not just for Rachel. It's for our house and it's for our city. It's for all of us to sit under the testimony of what God has done. And we're going to say, God, do it again. To people that come into our house, we're going to say, God, do it again. Yeah? That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, Shelley. It's beautiful. But hey, so when Tico asked me to preach... Sorry, when Pastor Tico asked me to preach. Honor. There we go. Just like we learned this morning. Um, anyway, when Pastor Tico asked me to preach, he gave me a, a pretty vague topic to begin with. He said, oh, you know how we have heartbeats as a church? Um, you know, just, just you know, we're going to do that as a series. So uh, just, 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 you know, something on that line. I was like, okay, so you want me to talk on five different topics at once? That's really helpful. Um, brilliant. I'll, I'll, I'll smash that. That'll, that'll be easy. Um, so then I asked for some clarification, and he just said, just speak on faith. Speak on your journey of faith and, and, and encourage faith and build faith in the church. And so here tonight, that's what I'm here to do. And uh, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack it from you know, our heartbeats anyway, because as a church, I don't know if you know what our heartbeats are, basically it's our, it's our DNA, what makes us who we are as an Equipus church, but also just as Christians. The values and things that, if you're a Christian, you're probably going to come across at some stage, but we just label them because we know that they're important. And so I'll just run through them quickly. It's an acronym for heart. So H stands for honor, E stands for excellence, A stands for advance, R is for reach out, and T is together. Together. So, Tonight, we're going to go from the point of advancing, all right, because I believe that we're in a season of advancing right now. We're in a season of growth. We're not in a season of planning or, or sitting still or, you know, just, you know, seeing what's going to happen, but we're in a season of advancing and growing as a church. And so what, what we're going to do tonight is we're just going to talk about that because what are we actually moving towards? Where are we advancing? What are we doing? We're extending the kingdom of God. We're extending the kingdom of God. And, I mean, people are like, well, what is the kingdom of God? That's a pretty, sometimes people can think it's a pretty abstract, you know, concept, the kingdom of God. Because it's not a physical kingdom. It's not something that we can see. But it's what lives inside us. When you were saved, when, when Jesus 
brought his redeeming grace into your life. He extended that kingdom within you. The rule and the reign of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords now dwells inside of you. And so when we, take, when we walk anywhere, we're taking the kingdom of God with us. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of God wherever we go. And so what, you know, what we do every time that we walk into a, a different sphere, whether we walk into here, our church, or to you know, our workplace, into the supermarket, we're carrying a kingdom of love and we're carrying a kingdom of grace. And alongside that, we can bring salvation and joy and peace into people's lives just by being there and carrying that kingdom with us. Because Jesus called us to make disciples of all nations. In Matthew 28, he called us to make disciples of all nations. But he didn't leave us unequipped to do that. He placed the kingdom within us. And he gave us the Holy Spirit to give us power, to teach us, to guide us, to counsel us along the way. If you want to know more, there's also this, this book called The Bible, which has a lot of stuff in it about, you know, um, what Jesus has, has done for us. And I really encourage you to read that. So any of the Gospels or basically any book in the Bible, read that and you'll get some wisdom and it'll be a good time. Um, <laughs> but when we've got the kingdom inside us, we have to step out in faith. So, you know, you, you, can, you can have the kingdom inside you and you cannot be actually extending that further. And this is something that I've been trying to confront this week and trying to think of how I can say this without it making it seem a bit too confronting. But sometimes the Word of God is confronting. And so I'm preaching to myself tonight as well, just by the way. So just, just before something, don't be offended. Just don't be offended. <laughs> it might get that way, but don't be offended. It's going to be good. <laughs> because if, we, if our faith is in God, this should lead us to step out. All right, this should lead us to step into basically everything that he has for us, which is reaching out to others, okay, and advancing the kingdom of God. But we know that there are some things that can stop us from reaching out, from advancing, from, from sharing that kingdom and, and the love of God with others. And right now, I just want you to start to think about what's my obstacle? What's my obstacle? Because, the, I mean, I, I didn't really come with a title of my message, but I suppose you can say the title of my message is Obstacles Get Out of the Way. It's time to kick the obstacle out of the way. Because tonight I want to encourage you to step out and to take a risk for God. But you might be thinking right now, well, why should I take a risk? Why, why should I step out and risk being rejected by somebody? Why should I risk my finances? Why should I, you know, risk being embarrassed, shut down, or, you know, why should I risk being vulnerable with somebody or being vulnerable to the point where it affects me emotionally or whatever that looks like? Why? Well, I'll tell you why. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 to 18 says this, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. We're not focusing on what we can see in the here and now, the physical, what we have in our hands, our positions. We're not focusing on you know, our career. We're focusing on eternity. We're focusing on what is unseen. And God has called us to trust Him with what is unseen. I mean, just imagine for a second there was absolutely no risk. No risk with anything that you did. What would you do? Everything. Exactly. Everything. If there was no risk, dare I say, this building would be full. 
It would have been full a long time ago, and we'd probably be somewhere else in a bigger building trying to fill a space. Because if there was no risk, we wouldn't fear the outcome of what our conversations. We wouldn't fear anything that we were to do because, well, there's no risk. But I tell you what, when you have your faith in the great I am, there may as well be no risk. There may as well be no risk because at the end of the day, we're not focusing on what is seen, what is here and now. We're focusing on what is unseen, focusing on the eternal and what we do for in an eternal perspective. All right? So tonight, we're just going to talk about three things that can, will encourage you to step out. All right? Now, the first one. So we've been hearing this recently. And this is what Pastor Sam mentioned last week. There's a wide open door, right? Now, I just thought I'd tack on with this because repetition is good, but also there is a wide open door and it pretty much explains exactly what I want to talk about. Because there is so much opportunity, you know, whether it's being an influencer in your workplace, whether it's, you know, inviting your friend to church, whether it's stepping out to pray for somebody, whether it's starting an e-group, whether it's giving of your finance, stepping out and tithing, whatever it looks like, simply encouraging someone. Maybe it's even just stepping out to be vulnerable to stretch out for healing. You know, whatever it is, there are opportunities every day for us to step out. But how often do we let those opportunities pass us by? You know, Pastor Tico mentioned this morning, you are responsible for the opportunities that you are presented with. And so there are opportunities all over the place. There will be an opportunity tomorrow. But for a second, let's, let's just talk about people. Because people are the resource of the kingdom, all right? We, we, people are basically everything. Forget everything else that is material. People are what we want to focus on. Now, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, says this, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope from God's work from beginning to end. God has placed eternity in the human heart. And I'm going somewhere with this, just so you know. Um, so there's this documentary on Netflix currently, which you may or may not have seen. It's called Fire, The Greatest Party That Never Happened. Has anybody watched that? Yeah, yeah. Interesting documentary, right? It's a bit, uh, you know, it's, it's eye-opening to what, what happens in the world. But basically, the, if you haven't seen it, there's these two guys, an entrepreneur and a famous rapper, who, who want to make this luxury music festival, right? And so what they do is they pretty much buy an island in the Bahamas, and they say, we're going to have this awesome music festival, um, and they do this big promotional thing. One day in the year, they get these influencers, like the Kardashians, the Jenners, basically anybody who's famous, to all post the same thing on Instagram at the same time, so that it'll have the biggest reach. And what happens is people click on it, and it takes them to this fire festival, and this, this luxury party, this awesome resort that's going to be three or four days of live music, you know, luxury food, villas on the beachside, just anything you could want, right? They sold this idea to the world, which would pretty much blow your socks off. And they really sold it. Like, people pay $250,000 for a ticket. That's how much they sold it. It's just ridiculous. Um, I mean, I was just shocked when hearing that, because it was like, to think people would invest so much into something that is temporary anyway. Right? And, and the thing was, well, kind of funny, kind of not funny for them, but kind of funny at the same time. Um, by the time the festival was there, they all arrived, and there was basically nothing there. The backstory was they promoted it before they had plans. So that's, that just, just so you know, it's probably good to plan before you start promoting something. But 
you know. Anyway, so by the time that people got there, they, there were no beachside villas, there was no awesome caterers, pretty much all the music acts had pulled out, and all there really was was some hurricane tents that weren't even waterproof because the rain had come through the night before, and all the mattresses were wet, people had nowhere to sleep, it turned into basically like Lord of the Flies in that place, man. It was... A <laughs> People were just stealing mattresses and just fending for themselves as best as they could. So, I mean, it's not something you want to spend $250,000 on by any means. But, you know, each to their own. Um, but, you know, what I take from that is, is the amount of people who are searching for something and who are willing to pay a price for something. You know, we're, we're all searching. Like we said, God has placed eternity in the hearts of humankind. He's placed eternity in all of our hearts. We're searching for something more. And if you're in this building tonight, I can tell you you're in the right place to find what that something more is. You're here to find relationship with Jesus. You're here to grow in that relationship with Jesus. But we're not just looking for happiness or euphoria. We're not just looking for a fleeting or temporary moment in our life. We're searching for something more. And people are out there searching. That's the opportunity. People are out there. They're willing to spend $250,000 on a three or four day luxury festival in the Bahamas. Why not just bring them to church? Their life will change and they'll save themselves $250,000. It'll be awesome. Because there is so much opportunity. Like Jesus said, the fields, they're ripe for the harvest. People are open. They're willing to hear. Just recently, we had, I'm, I'm a physiotherapist. We had, a, we had our physio kind of business forum end of year thing. It finished with a dinner and, so, and some drinks, and I ended up talking with this guy. He's one of uh, my physio colleagues. He works at a different practice in town. This is the first time I've talked to him for probably like six months. And basically, we just started talking, and we were talking about, I don't know, just you know, superficial stuff, and then all of a sudden, it just went real deep. Like, we were, <laughs> like we were just talking about, you know, um, oh, yeah, how was your week? Good. How was yours? Yeah, it was pretty good. And then he, he, just, he basically just started asking me about, my relationship with my wife in, in ways like, you know, how can you, you know, survive in your marriage kind of thing. Like, it, it, it was interesting. It, it was just, he, he just started quizzing me for information about how my marriage, how a marriage works and basically relationship advice. And I was like, well, for a start, why are you asking me? But at the same time... Um, <laughs> Not, not that that's, no, I don't mean anything by that, but, you know, just, like, how do, he, doesn't, he doesn't really know me, so why is he asking me? I don't mean anything by that, just by the way. Um, but anyway, we just start talking about it, and I'm just able to open up to him about, you know, well, you wouldn't want to be in a relationship unless you're good with yourself, right? You've got to be okay with who you are before you go complicating things with everybody else or with some other person. So it was just amazing to be able to share wisdom with this guy. And then we started talking about conflict resolution. I mean, who talks about that stuff at a physio function? Who talks about resolving conflict? Honestly, it's like, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, at the end of the night, I'm, I'm saying bye to people and everybody's sitting around a table having some drinks and I say bye. Everybody just turns around, waves, see you later. But then he gets up, he comes over to me, he gives me a hug and he's like, hey, let's catch up sometime. All I did was just make myself available and vulnerable. That was all the step was. I didn't have to tell him about Jesus for him to feel comfortable talking to me. And I mean, I'm praying for him now, but, you know, it, it was just a moment where it was just easy just to be vulnerable with him. 
And I just encourage you, let, let yourself be vulnerable in situations when you're talking to people because we do have the best news in the world to share, right? We've got the best news in the world. And, you know, we've got to win souls and make disciples. And so just make friendship with people. That's great. Awesome. Now, the second thing tonight that we're going to talk about, and I want you to say this with me, all right? What I have been given is not insignificant. God has given me a gift. Do you believe that? Yeah? God has given you a gift. That is for you. It's not for the person sitting next to you. It's for you. I think sometimes we put too much pressure and too much weight in our minds on our own giftings. I think we, re- we think to ourselves, well, it's not going to change the world, so uh, it's, it's not a very good gift. It's not going to, you know, nobody's going to be saved by it, or um, I'm only going to be able to save one person at a time, or, well, I mean, that, that would be great. But sometimes we, we put too much pressure on ourselves, and we, and, we, and we think, well, if I'm not changing the world all in one go, then it's not worth moving. It's worth moving. Your gift is important, and it's significant. God has placed that within you. He created you unique from everybody else. And he's placed things within you that are different from everyone else. Because we don't want to get to the point where we say to ourselves, well, you know, what's the use of giving to that homeless person? You know, what's the use of buying them a meal? They're still going to be homeless tomorrow. Or what's the use of telling that one person about Jesus? They probably won't even accept it. And then there's still other people that need to hear about him anyway. I may as well do nothing. It's just the complete wrong way of thinking. Firstly, Jesus said, whatever you did for the least of what the, the, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So even the little that you do, you are serving the King of Kings. You're singing, you're, you're serving the Lord of Lords. So, so don't despise that. But secondly, even the very little can make a huge impact. Huge impact. Now, when I started uni, I was a bit all over the place with my faith. I was going to church on a Sunday, and that was about it. That was, that was my faith. That was my faith journey. Let's go to church on a Sunday. I'll, I'll strum my guitar, and um, that'll be good. Um, but it all felt really forced, and it felt a bit stale. I didn't really feel alive in my faith or in my Christian walk. And so what happened at church on Sunday stayed at church on a Sunday, or, or at the worship practice on a Wednesday night, or whatever it looked like. It was, it was there, and it was for there only. It never went outside. So when I started uni, and I was in, during orientation week, I was approached by these people that were giving away jandals. And, you know, I was like, oh yeah, free jandals. Yeah, yeah, exactly, free jandals. I'm, I'm there. Sounds good. Oh, I love free stuff. I'll do that. And so they, all they said, <laughs> yeah, you just have to do the survey, and then, you know, you'll get these free jandals, um, and, and we'll go from there. And, you know, that was my motto of every O week, just get the free stuff, Right. I think, I think students these days have, have lost the art of, of getting free stuff. I mean, come on, seriously. Free stuff is free stuff. Just take it. Seriously. Don't walk by and say, no, nah, I'm good, thanks. I don't need cake. Just take the cake. The cake is good. Take the cake. Come on. I mean, you know, when I, when I was going through O-Week, it was like free pen. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. You know, free can of V energy drink. Yeah, sweet, that's mine. Free drink bottle. All right. Free underwear, uh, a bit odd, but I'll, yeah, I'll take some. <laughs> I was even at the point, become a blood donor and we'll give you some free snacks afterwards. <laughs> free food. Hey, 
student mindset. So, motto, take the free stuff. Not in all situations, but in most situations. Anyway, so, so when I got these jandals, I, I, filled, I, I filled out the survey, and the survey simply asked who I was, what I studied, you know, what I wanted to get out of uni, or what I'd be interested in getting a free magazine about, some study tips. Um, and so again, I was like, yeah, free stuff, study tips, sweet. I'm there. And so I, put, I ticked the box, interested to hear more, um, and then they contacted me, right, as they do. And so they contacted me, and they said, hey, do you want to meet up? We'll give you this magazine. We'll go over the study tips and help you be effective with your study. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I just wanted the magazine, but sure, I'll meet up. Um, what happened when I met up with this person is it was actually a, a friend from church, like when I was eight years old. So it was, I hadn't seen this guy for 10 years, and then all of a sudden I, I catch up with him. And so he's the person who, who gives me this magazine. And we were catching up, and basically he just asked me, what does my faith mean to me? Because they're a Christian group. Um, so he asked me, what does my faith mean to me? At the time, I didn't know how to answer that. My faith was going to church on a Sunday, and that was it. But I, I don't really know what the conversation entailed after that. All I remember is leaving that conversation, realizing that I didn't have it. I didn't understand what it meant to have a faith in Jesus Christ and to, and to walk that out and step out from that. For him, all it was was a simple conversation. That's all it was. I mean, he may have, I mean, if he hadn't thought, you know, come to me and said, hey, do you want this magazine? I would have never had that conversation. I don't know where I'd be right now. I probably wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't be in Christchurch. I'd probably still be back in Dunedin. And I probably, I don't know, not be in a good place anyway. So what might have seemed small was actually hugely, hugely impacting for me. I mean, one other thing that happened when I first arrived in Christchurch, the first Sunday I was here, Simeon, hey bro, um, Simeon was sitting right where Christian is, and wow, actually I was sitting right where Christian is, Simeon comes up to me and says, hey, do you play a musical instrument? <laughs> this is basically the first conversation that I have in church, and I was like, yeah, I play guitar, he's like, sweet, come to worship team on Wednesday. <laughs> All right, okay, I'm still here now. Four years later, four and a half years later, I'm still here. And it was just a small thing, but it made an impact for me. And it helped me get connected and stay connected. But you may say, but it's still small. I don't have anything to offer. I don't have any gifts. I don't have anything special. If the grace of God isn't special to you, if the grace of God doesn't affect you, We need to remember what Jesus did for us. Even if you can't think of anything that you have, remember what he has. Remember what he has given you. you. If you have the gift of grace, you can share that with somebody. That's better than making them a coffee. Making coffee is great. But if you can share with them the grace of God and Jesus, that's better, right? So even the small things, even the small things, or even the large things, they have a huge impact. So don't despise that. Acts 3.6, Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. All it takes is an attitude of saying, yes, God, use me. So what you have is significant. Use it. All right, third thing, real simple thing. God is faithful. God is faithful. In my experience, God has always been faithful, when I started putting my faith in him at least. Um, I'll just tell you a quick story about 
my finances. Because I think, and as Nick mentioned this morning, financial stewardship is the lowest form of stewardship. If you can be, you know, if you can manage your money well, you're doing great. You're doing awesome. Keep going. But when I was a university student, again, I decided that it was a good thing to start tithing. And so I started tithing, and that was going really well. Um, didn't have much money to give, but I was like, well, God, it's your money anyway, so have it. All right, that's 10%. So I gave that to him. And then when I arrived in Christchurch, they did this thing called a miracle offering, which I didn't really know what that meant, but they said, you know, give to God what you feel God is calling you to give. And so I felt God calling me to give this amount of money, and I'm like, I'm a student. That's quite a lot of money. How, how can I do that? Um, so I pledged that, and then I was like, all right, so I've got to come up with this amount of money. Um, I've got it already, but uh, I kind of need to live, so I'm going to hold on to that um, for a while. So I just held on to that money for a while. But the other thing that was happening at the time was it wasn't only living, but we were planning for a wedding. And so you've got to have money to make a wedding work, right? So I was trying to save for this wedding, and then I've got this money to give, and then about a month and a half out from the wedding when you have to start paying for things, like you're booked, and now you've got to start paying for everything. God's like, okay, now's the time. <laughs> Come on. At least let me have this. After, you know, afterwards, we can sort out your money. This is, this is, I need this for now. <laughs> so honestly, what I thought, it was like, come on. I've just got to get this wedding sorted and then uh, get my flat sorted and we've got to get a bond and we've got to pay the bond and the rent and all that kind of stuff. And we haven't started being paid from our jobs yet, so I don't know how this is going to work. Anyway, I give the money. I decide, okay, it's better to be obedient. And so I give the money and I step out and I trust in God's faithfulness. The wedding's paid for, the honeymoon's paid for, we get our bond, not to mention two months later, we're given a sum of money that was 10 times the amount that I put in. How does that even work? I, I don't understand, but God was faithful in that situation. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25, it's going to come up on the screen so you can read with me. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You have to step out in faith for God to be able to move. And you have to trust that God will be under you. I've been, I had this word, and I think it's for all of us, but also for Nick and Phoebe right now. Um, when Peter was in the boat and Jesus was walking on the water, he could see Jesus, and Jesus was calling him to him. And there was this call to say, come to me. 
Peter was like, oh, I've got to get out in that water. I've just got to go to Jesus. But there's water there. If I step in that, I'm going to sink, right? What happens when you take that first step? God pretty much turns that water into rock. And so for you, Nick, taking that step, fix your eyes on Jesus. That foundation's going to be solid and it's not going to move. There's going to be a storm going around you. But the foundation is solid. Even though it looks like water, it looks like you should sink, it looks like things aren't working out, the foundation is solid. And so don't let, don't let the waves, don't let the storm distract you. Keep your eyes fixed on it. As soon as you step out when Jesus has called you, he holds you up. As soon as you step out, that first step. You know, you can say, God, I can see where you're going and I can see where you're calling me to, but I've just got no clue how to get there. Just take a step. We're here to advance the kingdom. And God is faithful in everything that he's called us to. He's not going to let us fail. He's not going to let us down. He's going to hold us. So just take that step and keep going. Take that step. Keep going. Fix your eyes on Jesus and keep going. Just one last thing. I think, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, we can carry the kingdom without advancing. Because sometimes we can become scouts. Scouts in the army just go and scout out where the enemy is. They scope out the territory. They look at what's happening and they report back to the army. And we can go and look everywhere as scouts for the kingdom, but it doesn't change anything. It doesn't advance the kingdom. All it does is just tell us where the broken people are or where the people are who need that relationship with Jesus, which is good. We need to know where they are. But often that's where we stop. We scout out the territory and then we return back to the army or we go into our workplace and we you know, see that there are people who need Jesus and then we come back to church on a Sunday and we've just scouted. It takes faith to step out from that role as being a scout to stepping into the infantry onto the front line. I'm preaching to myself right now too. If we're an army full of scouts, all we're good at is running around and looking at things. We're here to win souls and make disciples, to transform our city, to transform our nation, to transform the world. It takes faith for us to step out and become infantry. But step onto that front line. God has called something in you. And He wants you to step forward into it. Remember, even the little you do makes a huge impact. I just want to share one last story. Christian and Haley, you guys are awesome. You guys are great. I love what you guys are doing and how you're serving. But the journey of you getting here 
is a really cool testimony. So I'm just going to share that. So for those who don't know, Joanne, my wife, and Haley used to work together uh, when we first moved to Christchurch. They were in retail in Northlands Mall. Um, Joanne just basically was just open, and she just talked to Haley. And at one point, invited her to church. Haley came along, brought Christian. They gave their lives to Jesus, and well, at the time, we didn't see them for probably you know a few months after that. And so it was kind of like, ah, oh, maybe it was just a temporary thing. But God had planted the seed. And they turned up one Sunday, and they've been here ever since. It was a simple conversation. It was a simple question. It was the ask, hey, do you want to come to church? And it's changed their lives. And now they're changing their families' lives. It just keeps going. All you've got to do is take that, even if it's a small little step, just one little inch. And you'll be able to move mountains. Tell them to get out of the way. What obstacle is in your life that is stopping you? I believe there's a time right now to just be open and vulnerable with God. And to just to speak to that obstacle, to speak to that mountain and tell it to move. So I don't know if there are people here tonight who relate to that, that understand there's something in the way, there's some, there's some sort of blockage, there's some sort of obstacle in their lives and they need to give it the boot. Just kick it out of the way. Come at it with faith and just move it. But what I want to do right now, when you'll stand to your feet, I'm just going to pray for you, but I feel like there's a space here to let God minister to you and to help you remove that obstacle. So with your hands raised, I'll just pray for you right now. Whatever obstacle is in your way, just have that in your mind. Father God, right now, we just, we confess and we repent of the times where we have let something become bigger than you, something become bigger than your unlimited power and unlimited resource. God, we just lay down our obstacles at the foot of the cross. And God, we just say, just move them in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, give us the mindset to go to faith first. Give us the mindset to move forwards. Give us the mindset to take a step of faith into the water and let you come underneath and support. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to use us, to get the obstacle out of the way, and to use us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. 